0: this is george g and the time is right welcome to today's guest strong and powerful john Austin and john are you ready to do this george let's do it great to be back with you yeah, excited to have you back on john is the ceo of fran bridge consulting he's a forbes contributor on the subject of franchising and he's the author of non-food franchising john tell us a little about your personal life some more about your work why you do what you do absolutely no appreciate you having me back on george um Based here in Atlanta,
1: Georgia, and uh, I've got a wife and three young kids, and we stay pretty active here in the community. Um, but you know, I, I'm blessed to get to do what I do, and and that's helping people step into business ownership either for the first time or maybe they're building out a portfolio and they're stepping into a new opportunity, both both entrepreneurs and investors all around the country. And um, it's a lot of fun for me to open up their eyes to this world of what I call non-food franchising. And you know, we, I, what I found is when people hear the term franchise, they think fast food, and yet there's so many more opportunities out there in different industries, which I know we'll touch on in just a minute. And so really educating and helping them understand what are those tangible steps to take to match up with the right opportunity uh, there in their area that's gonna be the best fit for what they're looking to do you know, on a day-to-day basis.
0: Nice, well, I appreciate that. So, is there just a best franchise that if 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 I get into this one, it's going to work, or is it really dependent on fit?
1: Yeah, it depends on fit. I mean, we we've got a lot of great ones. We work with over six hundred different brands out there. Um, you know, again, it's a wide array of industries. You know, from health and wellness to property services has been a huge one for us. A lot of niches within that, but um, to oil changes to. Uh, businesses that support kids, pets, the older population. You, you know what I'm seeing out there is people want understandable businesses that are non-trendy, that are cash-flowing, that aren't going to go anywhere, that are somewhat recession-resistant, Amazon-resistant, COVID-resistant in some cases. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of those non-sexy niches, and so it's things like dumpsters and insulation and gutters and you know things that people are always going to need. Um, you know, or, or things like senior care oil changes you know i'd call these non-sexy but they're understandable they're needed and we just see all different types of backgrounds all around the country stepping into them so yeah certainly there are some that we like more than others i'd say of the 600 we work with there's probably a top 50 um you you know that we're really focused in on that we just think are the best of the best have the right franchise or leadership team they have the best financial models they've got the true competitive advantages within their given industry um and those are the ones we kind of steer our clients towards
0: that makes a ton of sense you mentioned uh you mentioned not amazon and it just got me thinking the percentage of of the the younger generations that are like, Oh, I'm going to start my own business. I'm just going to do drop shipping or I'm going to do fulfillment by Amazon or whatever it might be. Um, how, 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 how do you think about that or what do you think about that?
1: You know, certainly it it is interesting. I mean, we, we've been doing this long enough. We see a lot of different case studies and we've had clients that say, Hey, we've gotten in bed with the Amazon. We've gone really deep. It's been a good living for us, but now, there's a whole lot of Amazon's got that upper hand and they're very nervous about any changes could be become down the pipeline. Um, we had a client last year that was he's in his mid forties up in Rochester, New York, John Bradley, that came to us. And he had built up, he was a pharmacist by trade and he had built up a FedEx routing business on the side, you know, delivering largely Amazon, um, goods. And he had 27 trucks had built up a nice little empire. said hey i'm ready to diversify my portfolio i want to get into something different i wanted to get into home services and we ultimately matched him up with a great great opportunity um, thereafter and and we introduced him to about 10 12 different opportunities he goes through the process and and finds that best fit for him so um no you know we i see a lot of people that are looking to get an online business going because on paper they think that's easier and looks good and there are certainly some viable viable options out there we also see a lot of people looking for resales they say hey that sounds better than starting something fresh Um, you know, in our book, non-food franchising, there's a chapter dedicated to resales and how we think about those and and the pros and cons of buying an existing business versus starting one new, but under the franchise umbrella. Um, so we kind of delve into that as well.
0: Yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense when, and anytime you hear horror stories about people that have big internet businesses, and then the algorithm changes or whatever it might be, and their revenue drops by a large percentage. Uh, Very, very meaningful. Talk about how a lot of these big companies, you're using their rails, essentially, and they do have the upper hand. How is that different with some of the franchises that, that, that you're working with?
1: Yeah, you know, with a good franchisor, I mean, there's trade-offs to everything. However, I it's our humble belief that franchising does represent a better path to business ownership for most people. And, um, I mean, you just look at the pure success rates out there. It's not even close between franchises and non-franchises. Um, yeah, but some of the reasons behind that, again, I say good franchise. They're not all created equal, just like any industry. But, you know, when you've got a strong franchisor, that's a business partner for you. You're in business for yourself, not by yourself. That franchisor, if you're running more of an executive model where you're managing the manager, they're kind of tag teaming with you to manage that manager and, you know, serve as the technical resource. Um, you know, you've got other franchisees that are you know, somewhat a peer group where you're exchanging best practices. You've got a playbook, you know, that profit path the profitability from day one, you start marching towards it, it's all about executing. Um, and then you also get to t- trade at a higher multiple typically on the exit than a non-franchise business. There's been some really interesting studies to support that. Um, and so again, maybe your hands are tied a little bit more so as far as you know you can't put your thumbprints all over the business however any good franchisor is still going to let you test different marketing vehicles or try different ideas Um, so there's some good flexibility but that's one of those things we help our clients discover as they go through the process and understand what is that best fit for them
0: what popped into my head was that discipline equals freedom so you have people that are entrepreneurial that that want to have their fingerprints on things but knowing that this is a theres there's a playbook that's proven that if I execute on these steps, that I'm going to, obviously there's no guarantees, have success, going to get the cash flow. I've got this peer group. I've, so' I'm, I'm able with, with, within this framework to personalize things and scratch that entrepreneurial itch without having to do everything.
1: Yeah, you just think about it. If if you were starting a business, you'd have to go there and start running marketing, you know, some kind of customer acquisition. Well, you've got no data from which to start with, and instead, the franchisor has launched a lot of similar-looking businesses all around the country in similar markets, and they know from a large data set, you know, how to optimize that advertising day one. So, know, yeah, there's just a lot of little intangible benefits uh, as you think about getting that business
0: off the ground. In terms of the peer group, or just just support from if it's i have a question or i need some accountability how does that vary from i imagine it varies from brand to brand
1: it does it, it does And you know i've been a franchisor myself headed up the shelf genie franchise system in the past and you know we we were there i mean the better our franchisees did the better we did and so you know we built out a support team that was not only running their marketing and providing kind of all the systems the technical resources you know and the training but also you know, we had consistent check-ins, especially early on. And we were very involved with our franchise owners. We provide them with coaches and field managers, you know, to kind of go out there for the sole purpose of supporting them and helping them thrive in their business. Um, so, you know, definitely see the uh, the pros outweighing any cons associated with it. And what's interesting, George, is we have a lot of existing business owners that, that get into franchising. Maybe they started a business, they've been successful, but you know, The second time around or third time around, they say, Hey, been there, done that. You know, would rather start on third base than first base and have a lot of the track already laid for me to use your analogy. Um, And so we do see a lot of that. And, you know, what's right for that next season? So you kind of build out a portfolio. And, you know, we have some clients that like to buy, get into complimentary type opportunities, like the real estate broker client of mine that just bought a property management franchise. I mean, that's a very complimentary business. But then we have others that, are diversifying completely we have a guy that was, has done very well in security alarm systems built that company from scratch we just bought a roll-off dumpster business <laughs> you know things that have no We've got a lot of dentists buying oil changes we had some dentists buying a big fence company recently um yeah things that are totally uncorrelated to their day-to-day
0: it's interesting and it's fascinating how you know you just listed off a, a number of things like oh wow there's there's actually franchises and there's 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 companies that 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 are doing all these things and and of course why wouldn't there be so is is it common you mentioned um at the at, at a franchise that you were working with that the better the franchises did uh franchisors did the better the that everybody did i'd like to hear a little bit more about that and is it common for the 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 master franchise to provide coaching to their franchisees.
1: It is very common. Um, yeah, I'd say again, part of it's the vetting process. There's over four thousand brands out there in America, and we kind of cut out the food and the uh, the hospitality, the the lodging. I just. My humble belief is there are easier ways to make money. We certainly need the food guys, but you know, there, there are multiple reasons why I think there are better opportunities for my clients. Um, and, and so you take out roughly half the market, and then we whittle it down even further. And we're looking at those franchisors that have a track record of providing the best support. And um, you know, to have produce the most successful franchisees. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what matters. And so, um, you know, we built those relationships and we're always adding to that portfolio, but over 600 brands work with all the different, um, you know, top development groups across the country. And, um, you know, but a big focus is on those that, you know, have a heart and care about and, you know, built a culture to support the franchise owners. Um, That's what it comes down to. It's not about them making money. And as a newer franchisor, I mean, that's, it, you know not all franchise orders reach 100 units 100 locations only the good ones do and uh um, yes yeah, so there's a lot of intel that we kind of pull into and then of course we
0: have the relationships on the back end as well 100 sounds like a lot is that is that a lot or is that the gold standard is that what
1: yeah it, you know i had a client actually we've had seven clients that have bought into a great gutter franchise system you know just incredible numbers behind it you know 6 billion dollar industry um that's a system that went from 20 locations to over 250 locations in the past 2 years. So you can see this kind of growth, you know, when you're doing things the right way and you've got all the pieces in place. Um yeah, but quite a few franchisors, you know, will never get to that 100 Location, um, 100 mark, and maybe they just don't have the strong enough encoded advantages or the internal systems. And you know, I love what you said discipline equals freedom. I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think you, you rise to the, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems to kind of go along with that thinking. And, and franchising is all about systems and processes. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to.
0: Yeah. So are there character? I'm sure that there are characteristics of people that are successful doing this, you mentioned dentists. These are people that appreciate the technical knowledge and then showing up every day and cleaning the teeth and and, and doing all the things. But what are some of those through lines that you say, yep, you're a person who probably going to be good at this.
1: Yeah. You know, so I'm a member of the entrepreneurs organization, uh, EO, and we've placed a lot of EO clients. You know, these are people that have built their own businesses. We've placed a lot of them in franchises. However, there's some of those some EO members have to explain, you're too entrepreneurial. Franchising would not be a good fit. You've got to put your thumbprints all over it. It would not fit in well here. Um how the majority I'd say do like franchising for all the reasons I listed, but there's some that just wouldn't work out. Um, but what's interesting, George, is I'd say Probably one third of our clients are looking to leave a corporate job and run the day to day operations, probably two thirds are le- looking to keep their job. Maybe it's corporate, maybe it's, you know, we work with a lot of doctors, a lot of lawyers, maybe they want to keep a day job. But they've got a few extra hours a week that they can dedicate to, you know, kind of a side hustle and put a manager in place. And I say, that's probably two thirds of our clients. I mean, that's really been an increasing part of the business. And we call it semi-passive or an executive model and you know, nothing's entirely passive. However, they're, again... With that franchisor support, and you put a good manager in place, it is very doable um, to go about it that way. And so, what to kind of get back to your original question, uh, it, one of the most common things is just the willingness to follow a system. And that sounds cliche, but when I was a franchisor and I saw all these franchise owners across North America all operating very similar businesses our top franchisees were always those that followed the system the most closely. And again, that sounds like something a franchise world would say, but it was absolutely true. Those that didn't try to get too creative and market to the wrong segments or hire, you and pay their people way too much. I mean, you have baselines for all of this and we kind of help explain here's the best way to do it. Either follow us or don't follow us. Um, for those that are willing to follow and you know, military veterans, others that are very disciplined, um, you know, willing to to kind of adhere to it are the best ones.
0: Yeah. And that's one right there where I bet people say, oh, yeah, sure, John, I could totally follow along. I can totally do that. But you need to be really honest with yourself, because if you're not actually that person, if you do want to put your fingerprints all, all over something, or if you're not going to be willing to, for whatever reason, just wake up and do the same thing every day, it's probably not going to be a fit.
1: Yeah, which is totally fine, and and that's how some people are wired. But you know, I look at you know client of mine, Nathan Bocock, over in South Carolina, forty years old, largest franchisee of two men and a truck moving service. Well, he operates in twelve markets now, and every year he and I do a deal together. And he, in each case, he puts a young twenty seven or so year old guy in charge, somebody he knew from church or the community, and says, "Hey, go make us proud," and gives him a little bit of equity. And every deal that we've done together, he's come back and bought additional locations within the first year. I mean, just been highly successful. And um, you know, for him, it's hey, I love the franchise world, and be able to step in and plug and play, and um, I don't have to put my fingerprints all over. It.
0: How common is that of 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 bringing somebody in and giving a little bit of equity? And what is a little bit of equity commonly?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it runs the gamut, you know, franchises that I've owned, um, you know, we've let people buy into the equity, you know, typically up to 20%. And, you know, there's some caveats. If they were to leave, then, you know, does it vest? I mean, we, we have all those stipulations in there, but um, everyone has a different approach. You know, some recognize that equity isn't everything. Let's incentivize them based on profitability and make it act like equity, but not true equity, you know, keep the cap table clean. Then others, you know, in case of Nathan, I mean, he'll, he'll go very generously from the get go Um And he's done it very well. Um, So different trains of thought around it. There's not one that's right or wrong. I think it's very individualized and kind of, you know, you bring your long-term perspective in as far as the role you want to play and how long you see this person staying.
0: Is that coaching that a franchise will provide to their franchisees commonly?
1: You know, they will help them find that manager oftentimes to some degree they'll explain here's the best path to go around here's the backgrounds we found to be successful they will train that manager for you you can send i mean we've done that with our franchise we'll send the manager off to training let the franchisors spend a week with them and train them up which is a huge benefit um but as far as how you incentivize them they'll give some recommendations but it's really up to you i mean they, they don't meddle too much in the in that um you know that is something that actually nathan is the client i just mentioned is now doing some consulting for us you know uh and his time is extremely valuable but we actually fund his coaching several hours for each of our clients once they make it through the process just kind of help help them get off to a great start
0: yeah that that makes a ton of sense so so when somebody picks up a copy of non-food franchising what what are they getting themselves into
1: Yeah, you know, we try to make it very readable and understandable, this world of franchise, You know, how do you find the right franchise? What are the uh, what's the investment look like? What does that include? What are the expected returns? How do we understand the franchise disclosure document and the the FDD as it's known? you know what? What are some of those things that we found to be most successful? And then we also compare you know, franchising versus just a startup. You know, what are the trade-offs both ways? Franchising versus acquisition. Uh, you know, if you were to acquire a business, we also talk about those with an exist an existing business. You know, it does not make sense to franchise it? You know, what are the pros and cons uh, around that? And so, um, yeah, we cover a whole lot of different topics, we talk about the ownership styles. We're about the types of industries, which you, you mentioned this earlier, but it is fascinating when you understand the types of businesses you never think about. And wait a minute, that's a franchise. I didn't realize that. Um, so we talk about the different types of industries, what's resonating with different backgrounds and, um, uh, yeah, really excited about the book. Just got it out there two months ago, kind of incredible feedback so far. Um, and, and George would love to provide a, a free digital copy to all of your uh, listeners as well. So, um, yeah, you know, if anyone comes out to our website frambridgeconsulting.com, share your name, email address. We'll get you uh, both an audio as well as a, um, a digital uh, download uh, for free of the book. So, um, and then more than happy to jump on a on a call as well and kind of talk through what it would look like to engage. It's entirely free for our clients to work with us. There's no cost at all. We're funded by the brands. It's a great model. Uh, but more than happy to help in any way we can.
0: What does that engagement typically look like? Somebody goes on, <clears throat> picks up a copy of the book. They say, this is great. Click contact us. You set up a call. Walk me through sort of the, how that process looks.
1: Yeah, we'll jump on a 20-minute call. We'll talk through a little bit about your background, um, you know, what your thoughts are on franchising. We'll try to help fill in some gaps in the knowledge. And you know, if it makes sense to engage from there, and now's the time, good timing for you to explore uh, opportunities, then um, from there, we will... I'll have you fill out a brief questionnaire. Uh, I'll share some additional resources with you. We'll actually send a physical copy of the book uh, over to you as well. Um, But then from there, next thing we're doing is we're teeing up opportunities. We're sending you a video in which we pull together the top 10 or 12 opportunities in your market to fit what you're describing as well as what we see resonating with others with similar backgrounds that have already met all of our criteria and have that availability in your market. So from there, you would say, hey, here are the three or four that seem most intriguing. We make the introduction to the franchise brand. Um, And then the brand, uh, you know, you'll go through a series of calls with them, uh, you know, in which you'll dig through the financials. You'll talk to other owners, hear about their experience. You get all your questions answered, um, just a whole number of different Topics, and uh you know, at any point you can hit pause and say, "Hey, John, that's not going to be the right one for me." Totally fine, and you know, it can be an iterative process where we go back and look at additional opportunities we didn't start with. Um, but we're going to start. What happens, George, is two or three calls in, you start building this framework in your mind of here's what I'm looking for, here's what makes sense, here's what doesn't make sense, and I mean. It's- we've just had a huge success rate at being able to place clients with great opportunities. And then we see them coming back and buying additional locations. That's where we get our validation. Um, But we hold our clients hand through the process and have a series of touch based calls and help them understand the funding piece. If they need to get a franchise attorney to review the agreements, you know, we have all those resources
0: for them. Excellent. Well, John, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can people learn more about you? Give us the website again.
1: You know, come out to FranBridgeConsulting.com. That's F-R-A-N BridgeConsulting.com. Sign up for our free monthly newsletter. We put out some great content. I will also then send you a, a digital copy of our book as I shared. And, uh, you know, now is the time to to take the next step and dedicate a few hours to exploring opportunities. We'd be happy to engage.
0: Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show John your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to FranBridgeConsulting.com. F-R-A-N. F-R-A-N, bridgeconsulting.com. Get your free copy of the ebook, Non-Food Franchising. Sign up for the newsletter and schedule that initial call and begin the process of figuring out if this is the right fit for you. Thanks again, John. Enjoy Georgia George. Thanks. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.